Welcome to The Walrus and the Carpenter. My name is Jason Allegood. I'm the teaching pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Peoria, Illinois. And with me as always is Gary Gear, pastor of Calvary Baptist Bible Church, also in Peoria. Gary, what's going on, man? Uh, trying to examine the ethics of cryptocurrency and tithing. Really? No. Oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, 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 I just so saw fascinating. That, 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 that Bitcoin's kind of gone through the roof. So yeah. Yeah, it has. Some I, of that sweet, sweet monopoly money. I um, I, I, I did invest just $50 a few weeks ago to see what would happen, and I think I made 6 bucks and then cashed out. So Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Jonah, I think, has continued to uh, invest in in um, Bitcoin as a part of his uh, portfolio, if you will. So, okay. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that it is uh, – well, you're not even really doing it, so I don't know why we're – No, I know. I'm not. I, it, I just <laughs> – I, I just have a problem with things that are imaginary. Oh, I it, see. It, it's, I it's, see. It's, it's, it's kind of like Beanie Babies, you know? Yeah. Pe- people collected Beanie Babies, and, and oh, they'll be worth a lot. Why? Because that's what people will buy it for. I, I, I'm Limited I, again, edition I, kind of stuff or right, whatever. And I may be wrong, and cryptocurrency may be the, the wave of the future, but... Did knows? I just see that another kind of cryptocurrency was just opened up or cleared or something? I do not know. Okay, yeah, I... I could, I'm just, yeah, just going off of things that I see on the newsfeed and don't know what I'm talking about. So we are terribly coherent today, people. Just want to <laughs> let you know that. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we hope we haven't made you fall asleep at the wheel. <laughs> well, um, all right, man. Well, today, and it's been a while, it's been a little bit of time, but uh, we're back behind the steering wheel, as it were, uh, here in the uh, palatial studios on the campus of the. Uh, Fellowship Bible Church Mega Church Campus Number One, uh, as opposed to the Mega Church ca- Campus of uh, Calvary Baptist Bible Church. You better daiquiris over here. <laughs> but uh, we are going to address um, some of the recent uh, scuttlebutt over complementarianism. Um, whether that leads to abuse, uh, is it a, uh, as someone famously said recently in a tweet, is it a man-made doctrine? Um, does it um, does it contribute to sinfulness rather than righteousness? And so um, that's kind of the the, the beginning of our uh, our introduction there, as it were. So Gary, what uh, what have you been seeing in and around this topic that? You know, has caused well, you to want to talk about it with me. <laughs> I like the way this is. This is called Jason throwing Gary under the no, bus. No, 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 no. no. I mean, no. we both are interested it, in it talking is, about it. it. I didn't but, make, but mean Jason to make it sound that way. About it first, yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I do agree with them. It's been interesting to watch, and when I say interesting, it's been frustrating. Mm. Um, you and 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 you had this this the, this horrible murder, the the, the series of murders mm. that took place down in Atlanta from someone who had professed to be a believer, right. and in their actions, they decided to um, try to destroy what he felt was the source of his temptation. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole racial issue to ask if it was a hate crime. Or anything else, I don't think that's helpful and useful for our conversation today. Sure. But it was interesting to watch how there's a certain segment of evangelicalism that looked at what church this guy came from, and they immediately, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to use this term, they immediately went for the jugular, mm. saying, I bet these people are complementarians, I bet these people teach, you know, this, 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 this sort of... Um, 
very radical purity culture. Mm-hmm. And that this actually created an environment that made this young man willing to commit these murders in and of itself. Right. With, with the idea that complementarianism, from their point of view, is not only a faulty belief in the way men and women function, but it is a dangerous belief mm. that creates people who are willing to kill other people or to da- do damage to other people. Now, you've used a couple of terms here um, that folks who are listening in may have heard of, but I think we need to put some definition around them. You said, and I said to complementarianism, you, you brought up purity culture. Um, I, I'll take a stab at purity culture, and then I'll let you take a stab at complementarianism. Um, uh, so uh, purity culture... Uh, seems to be, um, and and, and uh, I, I will say that I think that there. Well, let me let me define it, and then, then we can talk about it. So, purity culture is basically the true love waits type um, teaching from the late '80s, early '90s. You know, you have things like purity rings and, and these kinds of things, and and some some things within that culture seem to produce. A very works-oriented type um, way of dealing with purity. You know, um, uh, um, I'm thinking. You know, if if someone has lost their virginity, you know, they're not worth being married to. And you know, some of these extreme statements that came out. You know, in in regard to that. And listen, I, I was a youth pastor for many years. I actually taught. Um, youth groups and even in public school in the Chicago land area on abstinence and things like that. So I was actually immersed in this world for a while. And, um, you know, so I'm I'm familiar with the tenets of it. Um, But uh, yeah, purity culture being this idea, um, you may have seen the Matt Chandler video, Jesus wants the rose, you know, um, this whole story about a rose being trampled on and not being worth anything, uh, speaking about sexual purity and these kinds of things. So um, from the outside and, and some of the things that were said, not a lot of grace seemed to be kind of in, in, in and around that. So I, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not condoning that or saying that that's what somebody means when they mean, when they say purity at all. But when somebody says purity culture, that's what I think they're typically talking about. So yeah, I would say purity culture, even kind of tacking onto you a little bit would almost be um, a type of what, what's seen as a sanctifying culture. Sure which it, it, it really was not. Um, and maybe we'll get back to this in a bit, but looking back at the 80s and 90s and having grown up in, in some of that in different denominations, uh, I'm, I honestly don't know what we could have done better necessarily. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. theologically, you can always do better. Sure. So don't, don't get me wrong. There's always something we can do better there. But, but there is a price to be paid in someone's life when they engage themselves in immorality. Mm-hmm. I think to your point, the problem is, is we treat that as the aspects of purity culture treated that person as some sort of permanent moral leper mm-hmm. that nobody would ever want to touch again. I even remember yeah, the reading, unforgivable sin type scenario in some ways. Yeah, too. I remember an article that actually, actually was a story in all places, Campus Life magazine. Mm. I read it when I was 15 years old. Hmm. And... Um, and and that was not a conservative magazine necessarily, but this is back in, in 84, 83. And it's about this young man who's dating this girl, and they're really falling in love with each other. And then she says, before we go to father, I want to let you know, um, I did have a sexual relationship with someone else, and I do have an STD from it. Mm-hmm. And then the story just ended right there. 
Hmm. which looking back, I think was probably a wise approach Hmm. to it all. But it... It also brings up another aspect is uh, we know that in the 80s and the 90s, and even in, unfortunately the current day, we had issues with um, molestation, right. sexual assault in, sure. in the, the, the church. Unfortunately, we did not treat that the right way. And in doing so, we told the people who had been um, afflicted by mm. such people that, in God's eyes, they were considered less than good Christians, even though they were victims, as right, opposed right. to participants. Yeah. And I think that's even you know part of the purity culture that's being sort of um, uh, not attacked, but as much as like drawn out and said, "Hey, this was not good." Mm. Um, now, to, having defined that, maybe you just touch on complementarianism a little bit. Yeah, I've, I haven't really defined that yet. As far yeah. as complementarianism. If I would just say it's 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 the fact that God sees man and woman ontologically the same, that mm-hmm. we are both made in his image, that there's no difference as far as person, but that we have different roles. Right. Complementing that, roles. That, That's that, where the that word comes from. And, and where complementarianism also would make I, – I will, I, will, I will say this – Subordination takes place in 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 egalitarianism too. Mm-hmm. As much as egalitarians don't like to admit it, mm-hmm. subordination takes place there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Complementarianism says that subordination has to take place the way God says it takes place. Right. Egalitarianism says subordination takes place where we decide it should take place. Mm. It's interesting. I hadn't thought about it in that way. And uh, so, yeah, that's good. And, and so, having um, you know. Uh, define those, and, and there's there's a different versions of complementarianism. There's soft complementarianism, kind of to the hard complementarianism. Uh, you know, I think that the the issue that was being raised was sort of churches that ascribe to this. Um, typically, again, and, and this is part of the problem, right? Is generalization right. is part of the issue. Um, they typically tend to be very heavy-handed when it comes to these kinds of things, um, uh, especially towards the way in which they talk to men or women. <coughs> so um, the accusation would be in this issue that happened in Atlanta, for instance, um, you know, this man was told that he needed to cut his hand off and gouge his eye out. But the way he was told, told to deal with that was this is an external problem, not an internal problem. Right. So therefore, he went out and killed, um, you know, uh, women in these massage parlors where he was tempted. I mean, these are his words, right? Right. Um, and somehow that purity culture or complementarianism, you know, heavy handed kind of uh, version of that uh contributed to that. Um, and, uh, you know, in some senses, we don't really want to get into the whole, is a church responsible uh, necessarily, that we can touch on that a little bit. But but um, should we understand that that sort of teaching contributes to uh, someone's actions? Any teaching we become excited about is always going to be taken is always going to take the church off the rails somewhere unless it is balanced. Mm-hmm. To use a totally different example, Dave Platt's Radical. Mm. <laughs> good example. Good, good book, said said a lot of great things, mm-hmm. but you had a sizable portion of Christianity that says, okay, get rid of our air conditioners, I'm going to judge you if your house is over so many square feet. Right. And, and there's a tendency among believers, and again, this is going to be uncomfortable, but... 
But Paul himself says, not many wise, not many noble are called to be believers. Mm-hmm. The majority of Christians are not going to be super balanced. They just aren't. Mm-hmm. God doesn't pick the super balanced. <laughs> Sanctification is what teaches us balance. Right. And that's if we respond over time to his word. Right. So when we have these things come in, whether it's the prayer of Jabez or, right, right. Um, or whether it's David Platt or even complementarianism, you can take any, or or let's say pro life, mm-hmm. or uh, diversion. I mean, you know, you. I mean, we we and we tend to swing the pendulum all over the place, right? And and so our our final arbitration, our our final determining factors is where does it stick with the word? But mm-hmm. we have to keep revisiting our application mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to make sure yeah. the application is consistent with the rest of scripture. Yeah, that's right, Gary. I think it's so good. It's a thought that's going through my head is the the theology that accompanies other theologies, if you will, can be so damaging. So I did see a part of one of the sermons that somebody was able to pull from the church of this young man's website before they took it down that, that did have this you know, this pastor preached a sermon that said, you know, all your sins are going to be displayed on a big screen in heaven. You know what I mean? And yeah. and so, you know, I, I think that's bad theology. I don't know where, where you stand on that. Okay. I think that's I think that's a bad theology. I don't think that that is the, the theology of, of the grace of salvation. I don't think that our sins are going to be put on display. I mean, I do you think that our, our works are going to be weighed, whether wood, hand, stubble, or gold, silver, or whatever? Mm. But, but, you know, if, if I'm a young man who's struggling with sexual sin— and I think that, you know, this is going to be put on display someday. I might take radical action. I mean, obviously, I'm not condoning it or anything like that. But, right. but so, so here's what I want. Here's the reason I say that. Let's separate complementarianism or even purity because in our, in our you know, understanding of either one of those things, those are good things. And we can get to that in a minute, but right. complementarianism seems to us to be the biblical way. Right. Who can argue against purity? Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so, but, but, re, but remove those from the caricature of purity culture and sort of heavy handed complementarianism. And, um, you know, just because, just because you hold to something or I hold to something that has a label that has been um, dismissed because it's been closely associated with some bad things doesn't mean that it's uh, in and of itself wrong no. or unbiblical. No, and, and there may even be a, t- a time to, to change labels sometimes. Right. I was but just thinking that too. It, yeah. it, it's interesting though, when, when you look at things like, like purity culture and complementarianism, and just the incredible pushback, both of these are related to issues with family and relationships. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very personal areas that are very raw with us. Yeah. All of the time. Yeah. So when when someone and in fact I'll say that the battle between complementarianism and 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 uh egalitarianism and watching it play out on online, it I think it really comes down to scripture anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to the fact: what are you saying about me as a person? Are you saying that I can't do this job? That I'm not spiritual enough to do mm-hmm. this job? And when you say, "Well, that's not the point," right? What does God's word say? Well, right. and the right. same thing with 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 uh, with, uh, with 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 purity. I don't want my child 
In fact, I will say this. A lot of parents, not all, but a lot of parents who were concerned about purity culture were more concerned about the discomfort that their child's impurity would bring them than whether or not it separated them from from, from God, mm-hmm. at least on a temporary basis. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and again, uh, I, I want to be... I want to emphasize the point just because something is uh, ends up having an association with something terrible that happens um, is that first of all is that association even a reason or, or contributing at all which is the question we're asking um, uh, but uh, or, you know or, or can we you know uh, you could you could make an illustration of this you could say you know um, People who own pit pit bulls have dogs that attack people, or you know something along those lines, and right. uh, all then therefore all pit bulls are terrible dogs, you know. Um, whereas uh, there's not any context given as to what happened with the pit bull previously to that, and you know the, these kinds of things. And so, but a, a pit bull gets colored as a bad dog right. because it's it's a dog that's mean and attacks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, I, I, people who own pit bulls are going to say, "Well, hang on a second. My pit bull is fine. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's a loving dog. Uh, we treat him well. You know what I mean? This kind of a thing. So um, the association becomes the issue, right? Because something bad happened. But uh, we, and I I I agree with you. But I think a lot of times the association is built up by bad actors. Yeah. If I may put it that go, way, I mean, go on with that. Tell, I, mean, tell I, mean, I, mean, I mean, people who want there to be oh. a villain. Uh huh. So, right, right. so in in poor faith, they're sitting there and they're making preemptive attacks and saying, "Well, I'm betting this came from this, and I'm betting that it came from that." Right. Any doctrine anywhere. In fact, if you if 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 you, if you look at the early church, we did so many stupid things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, Jesus loves you more if you die and you're a virgin. Mm-hmm. So you know. <laughs> I, no, that, that there's nothing in scripture about that. There, there was right. talked about sexual purity and, and right. being prepared as a eunuch for the kingdom of God, and and we actually helped create these heretical systems, right? Because we didn't see it in context with the rest of scripture. This is a problem humankind always has. Yeah, yeah. And let's just be honest. Um, all. Um, all doctrine has the potential for somebody to come along and abuse it. Yes. Right. So Calvinism. And I say right. as a Calvinist. Yeah, yes. for sure. So people who are, uh, you know, people who are wanting to do bad things are going to find ways to do bad things and have excuses for the reasons that they do those bad things. Right. Um, you know, whether or not this young man, back to the, uh, you know, story here, uh, would would say complementarianism or purity culture or whatever is what contributed to this. He may not even have hooks to hang that on, you know. Right. Um, but but um, but 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 we do need to be very careful about in our churches where we are promoting doctrine because that's what we do. We teach, right? We teach the Bible. We teach a certain perspective of the Bible that we think is right. We're not just saying like, oh, I want to grab this and this is what I am. We're saying no. This is what we think the Bible preaches and teaches. We do need to be careful to bring that – you used the word balance earlier – the balance to the conversation that says, now listen, uh, if you have had a life of impurity, um, pre-Christian, post 
you know, conversion, these kinds of things. God forgives you and, mm. and uh, you, you, you know, uh, seek to live righteously. We're not giving you an excuse to keep running in that direction. Uh, but, but, um, uh, and, 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 uh, or on the other hand, you know, uh, we're, we're not going to applaud an abusive husband no. because we're a complementarian church, you know, of course not, you know, um, that's, that's ridiculous. And just because, uh, that may be where he feels most comfortable with his abuse, you know, right. he's, he's taken it completely wrong. He's, he's misapplied the doctrine of leadership because right. that's not the kind of leadership that Jesus calls us to, of course. No, definitely. I would, I would agree with that hundred percent. The, it's just, it, it is our nature to latch on to something mm-hmm. And and because we're comfortable with it, we just settle in that and we mm-hmm. nest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what the whole battle against complementarianism is, people and I, I I know they they claimed it was not it was not disingenuous, but I think it was very disingenuous to make the accusations that they did without even knowing anything in the first place. Right. And misrepresenting, yeah. Uh, what, what's going on now? You know, are 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 there men who um, ab- abuse the doctrine of complementarism? Absolutely, mm-hmm. and the church needs to discipline them. Yes, and the that's church right. Needs to take them behind the woodshed. That, yeah, that that has to happen. And it has right. to happen when it happens, right? And not flap our arms around. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and the truth is, is that all the time. Churches have people who do bad things. Yes, all the time. Uh, you know, uh, there there are instances. I'm sure in both of our years of ministry where we've gotten the call. You know, hey, I'm on my way to jail because I did something I shouldn't have done. You know, um, and um, that you know, in, in in my book, generally is not a reflection of the church itself in the teaching of the church that has caused that to happen. Right? You know what I mean? Uh, but um, it, just, it seems it seems like a leap to me to jump to that conclusion automatically and say uh, this is a result of the kind of teaching that these kind of churches do. Well, it, and part of it is our desire to be tribal. I mean, as as mm. I mean, and you see, probably one of the biggest downfalls of Twitter and and whatever else you put out there is it does push us into tribes. Mm-hmm. It does push us into tribes, and it's and I've only been out there for a few years, but it's interesting to watch people float into other people's camps and mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, you're of that camp, and you're of that camp, and you're of that camp." Just as long as you're not of Steve camp. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> that was just horrible. <laughs> So I don't like you anymore. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's just dreadfully important for the believer to sit there and to recognize. Um, okay, and 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 by the way, there there is a legitimate point where we say, "Is the way that I'm teaching my doctrine yes. being a stumbling block for someone else?" For instance, yes. I I preached on the passage of plucking out the eye, cutting off the hand, the Sunday before the guy did this. And, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went through that, and I, I preached through that particular passage. I'm going through Matthew 5. And I remember going back thinking, okay, mm. I got to make sure I'm not misunderstood. And it didn't... Yeah. It seemed pretty obvious what I was right, saying, right. what the passage was saying. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing, right? There's There may be a, 
uh, lost in translation thing going on too, where we're saying something and somebody is taking it in a completely different way than what we're meaning it. Right. Even though we've been as careful as we can be with our words and defining things in terminology that's very understandable and that kind of thing. I, yeah, I kind of did the same thing, Gary. I kind of reflected back upon my years in youth ministry, and you know, because here's here's one of the accusations. You're putting all the weight on women. You're saying women need to dress appropriately. This is part of purity culture, right? Women need to dress dress appropriately, uh, or you're going to make men stumble. Um, and then you know they're saying then you're not putting any you know of the responsibility on the men. And I was thinking back to my youth ministry days, thinking is that what I did? And I think no, I think I did a pretty good job of of putting both of those things out there. You know, right. um, that you know humility is what drives us to treat one another, First Thessalonians 4, right, um, with honor rather than dishonor in regard to sexual sexuality. Um, and so, yes, did I say, you know, girls, you need to dress modestly. Of course. Did we harp on that? Did we, you know, uh, no, we, 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 you know, made a statement about it. But men, be careful the way you treat young ladies, you know. Right. And both in both instances, we go to the issue of the heart and mind. Why are you doing what you're doing? Right. What is the purpose um, behind why you're dressing the way you're dressing, or what is the purpose behind why you're looking the way you're looking? It is an issue of the heart and mind, and if that is not addressed, um, the external will not follow, right? Yeah, no, so, and I, this is going to become worse and worse as, as society goes along. First of all, because the unbelieving world doesn't says that we have no right at all to claim mm-hmm. that anything is wrong or anything is right, period. Right. Yeah. It, we're wrong if we say that. Yes. And that <laughs> the Christian world is, I mean, there's people all over the spectrum. Yeah. But we don't, especially on social media, we don't allow ourselves a lot of nuance yes. and, and, and grace. And, yeah. you know, then we'll say, well, then just be better. Right. Do better. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oops. So, um, if you were to um, uh, it, 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 let's just say that let's just go with complementarianism. Let's say the complementarianism becomes the the bad buzzword. Okay. Um, wh- how would you describe what the Bible says about the relationship between husband and wife, male and female, um, church leadership? What's allowable? What's not allowable? I mean, I'm not trying to have you just exposit no, on all these no, things. But, but I would, I would just, I, I may not use the word complementarianism, mm-hmm. but you still have to go back to the fact that when it comes to worship itself and leadership and worship and spiritual things, God exclusively gives that over to the man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that there's no way around it. Yeah, I wish there was a way around it because that could open up new vistas and such. Mm-hmm. But God says that would actually, in order to, if I did that, it would hurt. It would hurt the church far more than it would help it. Sure. And, and you know, let's be frank, we've seen that. Now, as far as first and second degree issues, in my opinion, the complementarian versus egalitarian thing, um, on the surface, I'm not saying what may lie underneath right. with uh, certain egalitarians, is a secondary issue. Right. But... Um, but right to the point, and I and I know Danny Burke said this, and but I also said this on PCC board twenty years ago. I I know I did. I said the same reasoning that leads to egalitarianism is the same reasoning that will lead 
to the embracing of LGBTQ identity. And that's and that's the, and that was Burke, Burke's argument. Yeah, too, that's yeah. that's the thing, right? Is that when you, you know, again, all the caveats about people who are conservative egalitarians. There are such people, but 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 you do see an erosion that that does occur. I mean, think about Walt Kaiser. I mean, there's no. You know, uh, in, in my opinion, you know, no greater person who believes in the Old Testament inspiration, great Old Testament scholar, don't agree with him on everything, but but he's a, he's an egalitarian. But I would say Walt Kaiser would never go for, um, you know, LGBTQ, you know, is okay, anything like that. So, um, but that's that seems to be the rarity, to be honest. Yeah, it's the exception. I think you have to try that once you become egalitarian, you have to try a lot harder to not be LGBTQ. Because again, I think that, especially culturally driven yes, in our day. Yeah, because yeah. it will push you in that direction. Yeah. I mean, it, it just it just yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if these are the mental gymnastics I, I had to do to deny complementarianism means I, I can I I'm I'm now limbered up to do the next set of exercises. Mm, that's good good point. Um, well, we're clearly have settled the issue today in a half an hour, Gary, and so it's time for us to wrap up. Uh, but uh, no, any any final thoughts here as we kind of close things up? No, things just we just have to be sure that as we no, no matter what we do, we compare scripture to scripture. We do all things with love, with a desire for holiness and to glorify God and not to build our particular brand. Yeah, that's really good and helpful. And I think just on that note, I'll add quickly here before we wrap up, um, not everybody has a national platform, you know, not, thank you for doing that right into the microphone. Sorry, dude. (laughs) Overcome with emotion. Not everybody has got a national platform. Um, I, I, I... Here's what I want to say. Pay attention to and be committed to your local assembly. Yes. Don't live your Christian life out online as if that is going to make massive changes in the way the evangelical church is. It's just not going to make an impact like we think it's going to. The greatest impact you can have is faithfully attending, being a member of your local assembly. Um, yeah, you know, talking to your pastors, working through these things. If you have questions, you know, pushing pushing back on things maybe you disagree with in your church. Right. That's going to have a much greater impact on your your ministry that you personally can have with people in your community. Well, listen, uh, we, we'd love to hear from you on this. Uh, I, I feel like we're just getting back behind the mics here. We kind of stumbled our way through this one. Um, so if you have pushback for us, if, if you think, oh, man, guys, you need to do a 2.0 of that one, uh, let us know. Go on over to walkcarpradio.wordpress.com or, or uh, reach out to us on facebook.com slash radio or twitter.com slash radio. Leave a comment there. Uh, if you go to the website, make sure you leave it under this episode. And uh, with that, we'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.